say this is God's word, not Pastor Edmund's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, Father, we thank you for this time that we have to fellowship around your word. We thank you that your word is life-giving. And it is designed to help us live a life that is more than abundant. We thank you, Father, that as we hear the word today, our faith will rise. Our circumstances will decrease. And that, Father, we'll leave this place with an incredible sensitivity to your Holy Spirit. We know that by your spirit, Father, is what you desire for us to live by. And so as I preached and teach the word this morning, I pray for clarity. I thank you, Father, that nothing will distract us from hearing and sensing what you have for us today. As I have decreased, I thank you for the anointing of God to increase, to feed your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're continuing on our series on getting back to the basics. Say getting back to the basics. And our next few lessons are designed to help us understand the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives and how to become Holy Spirit sensitive believers. Say this with me. Say Holy Spirit sensitive believers. Amen. Now, the goal of these lessons is to become sensitive to the Holy Spirit so that we can receive and function in every gifting, ability, and blessing God has in store for us. We will also discover God's will for our lives by purposely cultivating a relationship with God through the Holy Spirit so that we can know, so that we can grow, and so that we can show. Say this with me. Say, no. Grow, show. Say it again. Say no. Grow and show. Now turn your Bibles quickly to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And the point I want to make as we jump into this morning's lesson is that the Holy Spirit knows what God wants for us and what God has for us. The Holy Spirit knows what God wants for us and what God has for us. And what you have to understand is that I grew up Presbyterian. Presbyterians had a very limited knowledge about the Holy Spirit in general. We believed in the Holy Spirit, but we really, I was not taught exactly the Holy Spirit's role in my life. So when I became born again and I got saved, And I was first introduced to even just being spirit-filled or what some people call speaking in tongues. I had no clue what it was. They said, hey, would you like to speak in tongues? I said, what is that? And they told me what it was. I said, well, how do you do it? And they told me how to do it. And then I said, okay. And then I remember for two weeks, man, I spoke in tongues and I could feel the power of God sometimes when I did it. But then the devil talked me out of doing it. He just told me, oh, you're just making that up. You sound like you from, some, from Mars somewhere. 
you don't even know what you're saying. And I was like, he's right. I don't know what I'm saying. And so what happened is eventually someone explained to me that you don't understand what you're saying. But then I began to learn after I got filled with the Holy Spirit, the role that he plays in my life. And that's what has helped me in my success walk with God. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, here's the point I want you to write down if you're taking notes. The first thing that needs to happen is that we must be open to what the Holy Spirit wants for you. Amen. God has some blessings that have your name on them. And guess what? There's nobody in the world that knows about some of these blessings but the Holy Spirit. Now, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, are you there? Look in verse 8. Watch this now. It says, uh, I'm going to start in verse 7. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew, because had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. In other words, the devil does not know all things, because if he knew all things, he would have knew not to kill Jesus, because had Jesus not died, we wouldn't have salvation. So don't think the devil knows about everything going on in your life. He only knows what, watch this now, he only knows what you receive from what he says in your mind, and then you say it out of your mouth. You know, the devil don't know that that person getting on your nerve till you say it. That person that, listen, the devil don't know you really want a divorce till you start using the D word. Now, now let me tell you this. The D word is not used in our house. I don't care how bad things get. We don't use the D word and I'm not using, I ain't talking about the D word that some of y'all use. I'm talking about the word divorce. Okay. Now. The devil doesn't know everything. Look in verse 9. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor has ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. Now stop right there. Let me ask you a question. Does that sound like anybody knows? Nobody knows so far. Watch what he says. I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man. The things, notice that word things has an S on it. So that means God has a lot of stuff. Watch this now. Which God has, past tense, prepared, past tense, for them that love him. How many love God? Let me see your hand. Okay, so guess what? God has prepared some things for you that you don't know yet. Now look in verse 11, or verse 10. But God had, past tense, revealed those things. What things? Those things that my eyes haven't seen and my ears haven't heard. He has revealed those things to me or you or us. How? By his spirit. Watch verse. Keep going. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. That tells me that God's spirit knows more than I know. He knows about things that God has for me. And some of these things that God has for me that the Holy Spirit knows about are deep. Everybody say deep. Now, let me read that verse out of the Amplified. This is what it says. But on the contrary, as the scripture says, what eye has not seen and ear has not heard and has not entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared, made and keeps ready for those who love him, who hold him in affectionate reverence, promptly obeying him and gratefully recognizing the benefits he bestowed. Yet to us, God has unveiled and revealed them 
by and through his spirit. For the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even the sounding, the profound, and the bottomless things of God, the divine counsels and things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. In other words, the Holy Spirit, God has some things that are so deep that the only person that knows about them is the Holy Spirit. Now, my job in this course of teaching is to introduce to you how to relay and have a relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you can start learning what those things are so that you can have an abundant life that Jesus promised you could have. Amen. Now. The word reveal there, remember it says that God has revealed them to, uh, unto us. If you want to take notes, the word reveal there means to make known what was before unknown. So really in that verse, when he says in verse 10, but God has revealed, God has made known what was before unknown. It also means to uncover. So guess what? That means that the Holy Spirit knows my purpose if I don't. That means the Holy Spirit knows God's will for my life, even if I don't. That means the Holy Spirit knows who I'm supposed to be married to. The Holy Spirit also knows who my future spouse is. He knows where my next job opportunity is. He also knows, watch this now, he knows how to solve the biggest problem that's going on in my life, even if I don't. So our job, listen, that's why Jesus said to the disciples, I have to leave so I can send the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, to come back to you. And one of the reasons he needed to do that is because he knew the role of the Holy Spirit was to help us solve things in life that we had no natural answers on. Amen. Now, go to Acts chapter 10. Go to Acts. No, no, no. Go to, go to John chapter 16. Go to John 16 very quickly. John 16, the Holy Spirit wants to show you and I things to come. John 16, look in verse 13. It says here, how be it, this is Jesus talking, he, everybody say he. It says, how about, how be it, when he, the spirit of truth. Now notice now, it didn't call the spirit an it. Did you notice that? The Holy Spirit is a person. He says, he, this is Jesus talking, when he, the spirit of truth has come. Now notice now, he calls the Holy Spirit also the spirit of truth. He says, when he has come, he will do what, class? He will what? He will guide you into all truth. For he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, shall not speak for himself, but whatsoever he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, shall hear, that shall he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, shall speak. And he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, will show you things to come. Amen. Now, that word guide there, he says he will guide us into all truth. The word guide means to show you the way. So guess what? If Jesus was in year 2009 and if Jesus was an American, he would probably have parables that that relate to where we are today. The only reason he used fig trees and, and that kind of, because that's what related to his society. But if Jesus was here in 2009, I believe that he would use a parable of a navigation system to help us understand the role of the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, 
How many in here have a navigation system in your car? Let me see your hand. All right. Now, here's the deal. A navigation system is designed to help me get to the location of my desire, even if I don't know where it is. Now, stay, stay with, touch your neighbor, say neighbor, stay with him. The Holy Spirit is your personal navigation system that has been pre-programmed with all the direction he needs to guide you along the way. He is your personal navigation system. Now, here's the thing about it. If you don't punch in the address or location that you desire to go to with your navigation system, you will not get there. And with the Holy Spirit, he needs your help. Touch your neighbor, say neighbor. The Holy Spirit needs your help. Well, how is that? Because your assistance is needed because at times you have to input the word of God so that your mind can follow the directions that the navigation system gives you. In other words, if you don't put God's word in your mind, then the Holy Spirit, which is your navigation system, cannot lead you the way he needs to because your mind is carnal and it will fight God all the way. And so this is what happens to people who've been Christians for a while. They know what I'm saying right here. But it's not what you know that causes you to grow. It's what you do that causes you to grow. And what happens is... See, these navigation systems, like in my car, I can go to it and hit previous destinations. And I can go back in and just hit previous and which one I want to go to. And it has stored the location of my last destination in the system. And what happens is I can just go back and push that button and it'll take me back to my location. But see, you can't do that as a believer. Because it's not the word that you remember that causes you to have faith. It's the word that you hear that causes you to have faith. Are y'all with me this morning? Listen to me. If you store a previous address in your spirit, which is the word, you know what the word of God says. It says I can do through who? Christ and you remember that that's wonderful but see guess what Jesus didn't say man shall live by what he knew he didn't say man shall live by what he knows it said man shall live by every word that comes out of the mouth of God and so what happens is people individuals Christians especially seasoned people they get used to remembering the scripture But guess what? Your navigation system, even if you have a predetermined destination that you used to go to in there, it will not get you there if you don't have any gas in your car. And if you don't put the gas of God's word in your navigation spirit, the Holy Spirit who is supposed to navigate you can't get you there because you ain't got no gas. Now, Go to Acts chapter 10 very quickly. Acts chapter 10. I'm not where I want to be this morning. I took a little longer on that because y'all seem real slow this morning. (laughs) Acts chapter 10. Look in verse 19. Now listen to this. I'm about to show you ways in which the Holy Spirit can speak to you. Now here's one thing I want you to write down. Put Put on your paper. No data. No direction. Just put that in there. No data, no information, or no direction. 
Now, Acts chapter 10, look in verse 19. Uh, let me just give you a, pre, a prelude of what happened. Uh, Peter saw a vision. God showed him a vision. And in the vision, God showed him some animals. And in the vision, God told him to kill the animals and eat them. Peter was a Jew. They didn't eat, you know, swine. And so Peter said, I can't eat that. And finally, God says to him, don't say, don't call unclean what I've called clean. So in verse 19, Peter woke up from the vision. And while, verse 19, while Peter thought on the vision, the spirit said unto him, who is talking to Peter now? Come on, class. The Spirit. So the Spirit of God can talk to you. It said, and the Spirit said unto Peter. Let's see what the Spirit said. Behold, three men seek you. Arise, therefore, and go down and go with them. Don't doubt what they are saying, for I have sent them. In other words, God, through the Holy Spirit, gave Peter some information that he would not have known in the natural And that's how the Holy Spirit works. When he talks to you, he can give you information that the natural man would not know about at all. And when you learn to function your life every day by the Spirit of God, what ends up happening is God will begin to direct your steps in your life. And you'll end up meeting people. And it wasn't by coincidence. It was by divine direction from your personal navigation system. I remember years ago, everybody say years ago. Years ago, I, was, I used to do prison ministry. And I was, uh, you know, uh, I was at home getting ready to go to prison ministry. It was always on Monday. And I'm getting ready and I'm brushing my hair, getting ready to leave the house. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he tells me a guy's name. He says, there's a guy named David. When you're getting ready to go to the prison, his mother is sick and she's in the hospital. And I want you to tell David that I am going, I've heard his prayer and I'm going to heal his mother. Well, I didn't want, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to say all that now. Because this is when I was just kind of learning about the spirit of God and how things work and his his voice in my life. And so when he tells you something, it's hard to let it go. I mean, I wrestled from that point on all the way to the prison. I was like, I am not going to make a fool of myself. Long story short, I got there and he just wouldn't let me go. Because guess what? It ain't about you. So finally, I just said, hey, guys, is there a guy named David here whose mother is sick? And they said, yes. I said, where is he? Because I thought he'd be in the room. They said, oh, he's not even here. He's out there somewhere. I said, go get him. I got bold in. I was like, go get him. The man of God is calling him. (laughs) I had a word. It's like, well, I know now. So, you know, he came in and, and long story short, he was shocked and probably wondered where I got that information from. But the Holy Spirit wants to show you things to come. Say things to come. Now, how does the Holy Spirit talk to you? That's the question. Now, before I give you that information, you must first understand the following. There are two main ways that receiving the Holy Spirit takes place. Number one, receiving the Holy Spirit inwardly. Say inwardly. And then number two, manifesting the Spirit of God outwardly. So you want to write down receiving him inwardly and manifesting him outwardly. Say inwardly and outwardly. Now go to Matthew chapter 10. Go to Matthew 10. I hope I can get where I want to go. Matthew chapter 10. Are you all learning anything this morning? Okay, look in verse 40. Matthew chapter 10, look in verse 40. All right. Watch this now. It says... 
It's talking about Jesus. He that receives you receives me. And he that receives me receives him that sent me. So when I receive the person who is preaching Christ, I actually am receiving Christ. Now, that word receive there in the Bible, it translates to a word called decamaya. Say decamaya. And decamaya, that receiving means to just accept. That's all it means. So when you got born again, when you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior, you didn't have to do anything but open up your heart and receive him. And that's what that word receive means. It means to decamile. And it also means, watch this now, to receive inwardly. Go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. It means to receive inwardly. Now, in John chapter 3, you're going to see... That Jesus was talking to a man named Nicodemus. And he said, Nicodemus, you need to be born again. Now, John chapter 3. Look now in verse. uh, Let's look in verse. I don't want to read the whole thing. Uh, Let's let's just look in verse 2. It says, there came to Jesus by night. And he says, Rabbi, I know you are teaching from God. No man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. Verse 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except the man be what? Born again, he cannot what? See the kingdom of God. You know why you can't see the kingdom of God when you're not born again? Because the Holy Spirit is the person that causes that new birth. And he's the one that is supposed to show you things to come. He can't show you unless you've been born again. Now, how does a person be born again? Real easy. He confessed with his mouth and he believes in his heart. Now go to 2 Corinthians very quickly, chapter 1. 2 Corinthians 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Let me show you the born again process very quickly. Because see, some people believe that some people have the Holy Spirit and some people don't. Well, I'm going to explain to you, when you accept Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you, and I'm going to show you exactly where he's located. So once you know where he's located, you can now start listening for his voice in that, in that location. All right, watch this now. First Corinthians, I mean, Second Corinthians chapter 1, look in verse 22. All right, watch this. It says, look in verse 21. Now, he that establishes us, with you in Christ and has anointed us is who? God. Look at verse 22. Who is talking about God has also sealed us and given the earnest or down payment of the spirit. Where? So where is the Holy Spirit? He's in our heart. And so when you accept Jesus, he comes into your heart. And that's why the devil tries to keep your heart clogged up with unforgiveness and bitterness and strife and backbiting and and all that stuff. He tries to keep your heart full of that because if he does, you can't hear the Holy Spirit that's inside your heart. Are you all with me on that? Now. Uh, The word seal there means to stamp, to mark, to preserve, to deliver something safely to a destination. So let me say this to you. When you have been stamped or sealed by the Holy Spirit, guess what? You can't get unsealed until the day of redemption. See, that's why people say, well, I don't know. I got saved, but I don't think I'm saved no more. Well, if God sealed you, who unsealed you? If God sealed you with the Holy Spirit, you can't unseal yourself. 
Now, you say, well, I don't believe that. It don't matter. Let me read Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, 14 to you. Watch this now. It says, in him you also who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings of gospel of your salvation, and have believed and adhered to and relied on him, you were stamped with the seal of the long-promised Holy Spirit. That spirit is the guarantee of your inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, the foretaste, the down payment of your inheritance in anticipation of his full redemption and our acquiring unto the praise of his glory. In other words, guess what? You are sealed till Jesus comes. So if you've been thinking, am I saved? Am I not saved? Well, what you need to ask yourself is, did I get saved? Because if you got saved, you're saved. Now, the word receive also means to manifest outwardly. I'm not going to go to that, but let me show you how the Holy Spirit speaks to you. He's going to speak to you in one of six ways. Number one, the Holy Spirit will speak to you through the word that's preached. Uh, you can read all through the Bible that when the Holy Spirit was speaking, people responded. And that's why you got to come to church and hear the word because the word is what's going to help the Holy Spirit talk to you. Everybody say through the word preached. Number two, the Holy Spirit will speak to you through waiting in prayer. Now, if you notice, the Holy Spirit spoke to, to Peter while Peter had, I'll tell you what, go back to Acts very quickly. Go to Acts, go back to Acts. Uh, what chapter was that? Acts, uh, go to Acts 10.19. Let me show you something here. Acts 10.19. Uh, let's go back up now to on verse 9. And on the morrow, as they went on their journey, they drew near into the city. Peter went up to the housetop to do what? He, did, he went up to what? He went up to pray. And if you notice, when he went up to pray, right after his prayer, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. And that's why you have to develop some kind of prayer life because a prayer life will help the Holy Spirit talk to you. That's how I learned about being a preacher. Now, you have to understand, I didn't want to be a preacher. Nobody in my family is a preacher. I didn't sure want to be no pastor. And so here it is, the Holy Spirit. I remember it was in January 2000, I mean, uh, 1988, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he says, I want you to preach. Well, I know that wasn't me because I didn't want to do it. I know it wasn't the devil because he don't want me to do it. And I said, I knew that it was God through the Holy Spirit telling me that. But if I had never took some time to pray, I would have never known God's calling for my life. So the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you through prayer, waiting in prayer. Here's number three. The Holy Spirit will speak through you through prophetic words. In other words, we've had so many different prophetic words in our life that confirm what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And if we had not heard prophetic words, they would, we, we would have still had our direction, but we would not have had constant direction that we needed. Now, that's why I have a speaker that's coming in. Our next speaker is a prophet. And if he tell you it's going to rain Kool-Aid, just get your jug out. <laughs> Amen. Number four, I am out of time, so I must stop on number four. I will give you number four, five, and six next week. God bless everybody. I'm going to Houston. I'll see y'all next week, all right?